The famous play by William Shakespeare, Much Ado About Nothing, with Dogberry the Constable, who is always stumbling over himself and can never find the right words to say. And he remarks in the courtroom, whence they get the whole crew together, the officers of the court and everybody, his line is, has our whole disassembly appeared? That's us, the disassembly. And we are together once again for Light the Tower. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Light the Tower. On the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Live this morning means live. You can hear the cars rolling right past us. No, we're not sitting in the middle of South Congress Avenue, but we're doggone a stride to it as Austin Fire and Rescue rolls past us here. We're at Total Men's Primary Care here in the SoCo. My name is Craig Way. Glad to have you with us. So glad once more to be joined by my co-host, a proud graduate of Florence High School. Always. And the pride of Northwest Williamson County. That's still debatable. Uh, what is not debatable also is that he was honorable mention all district as an offensive lineman. And in this season of the all-flex team, we can think back to his days as an honorable mention all district offensive lineman when he wore the purple and white number 79, and they knew him as Highway 79 for the Florence Buffaloes. But you know him best for his outstanding work at Horns 24-7. That is Jeff Howe. How you doing? I had a rather forgettable high school football career, Craig, but I appreciate the I appreciate the good thoughts. No. Man, I, I, jet lag is real, you know. <laughs> it, it, it's it, real. It'll really hit you the second day sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, uh, it, it kicked my butt last night and then this morning. But, uh, no, it's, it's good to be back, good to be here, good to be doing our uh, – Partner with toy, uh, Total Men's and Toys for Tots, and uh, I, I put some some a few unwrapped toys in the donation yes, box did. already. So. You carried yourself a bin over to the bin, Get, getting us started here this morning. Uh, and uh, we hope you'll come out because that's what we're all about. That's where we were up in Georgetown yesterday, and now down in South Austin here. So we ask you to bring a new unwrapped toy uh, from uh, newborn up to 12 years of age, and drop it in the bin here. And it doesn't have to be anything spectacular, uh, just uh, a new unwrapped toy. And we hope that you'll be able to do that. We're glad uh, that you can do it. We're grateful, and we're always grateful also for our partners and our friends at Total Men's Primary Care. Okay, so, yeah, uh, the jet lag thing is real. Uh, it, it usually kind of kicks in that second day for you. You know, kind of drags you a little bit. First day, you can kind of power through. You don't feel it too much, but that second day, that's when you start to, to feel it, and especially given the fact that, uh, you know, you hit the ground and you had to go to uh, San Antonio for the uh, press conference with Steve Cart, Sarkeesian and Kalen DeBoer yep. yesterday, then back up, then crank out the work, and now this morning you're feeling Still it. got more work to do from that. Uh, I was watching the College Football Awards last night, yeah. making sure you time, time it right, getting the news out of B. John Robinson, one of the Doak Walker Awards, so. Busy time. Got a basketball game tomorrow. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's, there's all of that. Our producer, our erstwhile producer, as Jeff would tell you, back in the Horn Studios, the purveyor of all good things, Flex ATX. Because after all, in the final analysis, it's a Flex. He's Jonathan John Donaldson, J J Donaldson. We know him as Snoop Daniel. How you doing this morning, Snoop? Uh, I'm good. I met a Purple Buffalo's daddy yesterday at a basketball tournament. Did you really? Wow. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, was it in the Was it in the Rat P Gym in Gerald or no? No, no. It was actually it was in Leander. They were part of the Leander uh, Classic tournament. So, uh, but Gerald upset McNeil, so I, he said to say hello. So. Wow, well, about nice. that. Okay. Uh, well, uh, that's good. So you were at that. You didn't. Did you make it over to the Palace last night for that state semifinal between Mart and Burton last night? No, I, I, I'm like I had so much basketball to do last night. I didn't get a chance, but I did see that Mart won. Uh, yeah, they won handily. Uh, the fact that Burton had not allowed a defensive touchdown, an offensive touchdown by the opponent throughout the playoffs, they'd allowed one score to Granger on a punt return. They had not allowed an offensive touchdown by the opponent in the postseason. Yeah, that changed pretty quickly. Uh, they they actually got the opening kickoff, I think, and had a nine-minute drive, came up empty inside the 20, and it took Mark three plays to score. And, you know, then after that it was Susie get the sweeper. Uh, they the, uh, Mark went on to win it 41-14. So they're in the 2A Division II state championship game against Albany. Uh, that was some of the Thursday. There was other Thursday games that happened. We'll get to that here coming up in a few minutes with our uh, Whataburger Top 5, which will be the uh, top five matchups of the weekend. Um, so we'll have that coming up in a few minutes. You think uh, you think our good friend Quan Cosby will make an appearance at AT&T Stadium? Oh, I have no doubt. And I'm sure Q was at the, at the game last night at the Palace. I'm sure he was up there for that. I have no doubt in my mind that, that he'll be uh, in Arlington for that at AT&T Stadium. Uh, we will have a, uh, uh, a Longhorn Notebook coming up bottom of the hour. This hour it will be what? Uh. We'll just get some general football talk going, okay. so get some stuff from yesterday. You know, I got my days mixed up. Did you? And Yeah, because I told you, well, they'll, they'll be on the field tomorrow. You know, bowl practice will start on Friday. And then I thought about an hour after I was on with you guys, I was like, wait a minute. Tomorrow is Friday. Yeah. So, yeah, bowl practice does start tomorrow. So, bowl practice starts today. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So, that is uh, – I did have a chance to go back and, and rewatch the uh, entire news conference from yesterday. Uh, and uh, watch the video for the And Sark was talking about jumping into bowl practice the next day. I was like, okay, they're getting after it. So uh, we'll have that. We do have inconceivable. This is a Friday, Snoop, even though Jeff had forgotten about that momentarily. You cannot forget that it's Friday when it comes to inconceivable. And as an ambulance roars past, that is it awesome. seems only fitting that on a Friday, <laughs> as ambulance rolls past, <laughs> What does Friday mean with inconceivable? Oh, so, so flaccid. Uh, yeah, so it, it, it's definitely that. Yes, we go to the most uh, flaccid state in the lower 48, grab uh, that low-hanging fruit. And we do have a couple of Florida man stories for you on this Friday. So we will do that. All right, 11 o'clock hour, Greg Tepper, managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football Magazine. Uh, it was the one time we could work him in, and I know we normally have Mike Roach in in that slot yeah so mike's gonna move to 11 30 bottom of the 11 o'clock hour okay all right so we'll we'll have that do we make him part of the longhorn notebook or does yes he, mike he mike, becomes the longhorn notebook mike talking transfer portal uh recruiting all it all kind of blends together so we'll we'll be getting that done at the bottom of the hour okay so bottom we'll, of the 11 o'clock hour. so we'll uh we'll have that Jeff, coming at bottom yeah. of the next hour yes Snoop. is it illegal for a college to say hey we're going to give you 10 million dollars this year to play for us uh, depends on how that's done uh, with your NIL deals. Why? Do you, do you, well, I don't do you know because know something I don't. No, I just hear people talking. Uh, they're not throwing numbers. They're like, well, 
why wouldn't you offer? Some- oh, sorry, let me turn this down. Why wouldn't you offer B. Uh, uh, John a lot of money to stay and maybe we consider? I don't know. No, I mean you're you're not going to offer one guy that much money. Number one and number two, uh, with the amount of money that he'll make from his signing bonus endorsement deals. Uh, the quicker you get to the league, the more vested years you get, which triggers your pension. So, oh. uh, and plus, you think about that, $10 is a large number, Snoop, but Uncle Sam's going to get a chunk of that. So, however Agent's going to get a chunk of that? Yeah. So, at the end of the day, uh, yeah, Bijan <laughs> Robinson has an all likelihood. It's not a fit. He hasn't announced it yet, but. I would bet a complete. I would bet a, a healthy part of my next paycheck that Bijan Robinson has played his last game for the Texas Longhorns. And Jeff's paycheck is not ten million dollars. I could probably guess correctly. I love there. you guys, but if it was, I I wouldn't be. You here. You wouldn't be here. No. I understand that. I understand that as well. So uh, so hopefully that's the answer to that question, uh, Snoop. So without further ado, let's jump right in with our Whataburger top five. Now, it's time for the Whataburger Top 5. Okay, prepare to receive. Today's edition. Here we go. Top 5 matchups of the week. Okay, uh, you, you know me, I like to say that it's kind of a misnomer if you're saying that, you know, this is a top 5 matchup because they're all, they all carry the same weight. They're all playoff games. You win, you play for a state championship. You lose, your season's over. All of these teams are in the final four, so they're all equal. And while we do occasionally throw in the Orwellian Animal Farm reference as it applies to high school football and say all playoff matchups are created equal, but some are more equal than others, while we do that, still in all, they are huge, huge matchups. Now, given the fact that we have, Snoop, four true area teams still playing. That means there has to be a wild card. You're all about the wild card, right? Yes. Okay. I'm going to give you the wild card because this game will take place before the next time we have a, uh, a Whataburger top five matchups of the week. However, it will not take place this weekend. Number five on the list is the 1A Division I state championship game. Six man the larger division of six-man with our friends from Abbott just up the road, Terry Crawford's team, taking on defending state champion Westbrook. Remember, oh, six-man football gets the mini-bye. Uh, they had their semifinals last week. They don't play this weekend, but they play next Wednesday to start off the UIL state championship parade. So Abbott, number one team in the state. Westbrook is the defending state champion. And Westbrook, uh, according to the computer, is five points better than Abbott. We'll see about that. That is number five. Number four out of this list is the game that Snoop Daniel has promised he'll be at this afternoon. In the Alamo Dome, it's a 3 o'clock Friday afternoon kick. Wimberley and Quero, are you still planning to go, Snoop? I'm leaving uh, soon after I podcast the show. (laughs) Okay, all right. Uh, computer likes the Quero Gobblers by four points. Uh, what a job Jared Fikach has done there. And here's Wimberley, of course, unbeaten, on a roll. Uh, great matchup. Uh, so that's a, that's a tremendous one. But again, all of these are fabulous matchups because they're state semifinal matchups. In fact, 
if you go all the way through this, and we'll do this with the Flex 30 update next hour, the largest point differential is how I will call it, in uh, as defined by the computer, is 13 points. One of those being uh, Poth Harmony tonight. The other one was the game last night. I think the computer was being kind to Burton, Snoop. I think they saw the storm coming for March. Mart won it by 27, and it really wasn't even that close. I, I had it explained to me. Think about this for a moment, Snoop. Burton's two touchdowns were scored against Mart's freshman players. Freshman uh. players on a 2A Division II team. Whoa. Think about that. Smallest level of, of division uh, uh, of 11-man football. I was going to say so. something, but I thought it wouldn't be appropriate. I don't know. Wow. <laughs> okay, look at Snoop being inappropriate. No. All right. Uh, it's only because we're at state and the aggression level is ramped way up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we've noticed your aggression level. Oh, no. I mean, well, we had only to do the conference call for the, you know. I'm the, sorry. Uh, the, 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 uh, uh, that Zoom call for the all-flex team when we saw Snoop's aggression level. He aggressively went after Jeff. No, you know? no, not a, no stop that. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Is that as true as me like an anal swab updates? Oh, well, no, you do like that. No. That, that's something you're very no. interested in. Um, no, can, <laughs> no. I, can I just say something that, like yeah. an addendum on that? Yeah. Uh, Snoop did feel really bad about that, and I, I'll, I'll say this. And for folks who didn't know, what he did was Snoop got very, very emotional. It was an ad for some of the was, guys yes. that he thought should be yeah. on the list to the point where not only was he invoking their names, he was invoking the F-bomb, and he did it like, six times in a 30-second screaming rant. And most of it was just in response to something that Jeff was pointed out. Jeff was collateral damage on the deal. Yeah, it was friendly yeah. fire. It wasn't personally intended for Jeff, Heck but no. it hit him broadside. But, like, so we did the, we did the show the next day. I'm leaving, and as I do every day, yeah. I, I find Snoop, whether he's in a production room yeah. or his office. Right? Me up. I said, hey, Snoop, good show today. And Snoop was like, man, I'm so sorry. I'm like, Snoop. It's not a big deal. Like we're we're good. We're good. Nothing. I didn't lose sleep over it or anything. We're good. I, I, I so. did think it was funny when I had you, to reassure him. I did think it was funny when you just calmly said, "Hey, hey, hey, hey Snoop, you don't have to cuss at me." <laughs> I thought that was great. Yeah. Why are we still talking about this? Because <laughs> you're talking about being emotional. Oh. You started to say something inappropriate. Yes. You said, and then you decided not to. All right. Oh. <laughs> so, Quero uh, and Wimberly uh, is your number four. Uh, your number three on the uh, key matchups is the game that you can hear on 1019 at AM 1260 tomorrow afternoon. Vandegrift and Katie, we had Drew Sanders on yesterday. Great matchup. Uh, I know um, uh, Rick Epstein had him on uh, on uh, Under the Lights uh, last night. Um, did you know, by the way, Rick gives out some awards he calls the Undies Awards? The what? Yeah, because for Under the Lights. He calls them the Undies Awards. Probably. I just had this vision of, of Rick and Tidy Whitey's handing no. these things out, and it and I was like, yeah, 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 no, but it, Let's but, talk but about he did. He had, yeah, he had, <laughs> no. uh, so he's talking about the, uh, the the Undies Awards. But anyway, he had he had Drew Sanders on last night. Great conversation, and um, and uh, you know Drew said a lot of things uh, to Rick that he told us on the program yesterday about how his guys have dialed in the Katie, um, and the uh, and and that's another one of those. Um, double-digit few though they are computer projections the computer projects katie by 12 in that one so we'll see and we'll have it for you you'll be able to hear merle and scott and hank 
Uh, and and Jack, are, are you are, are you there tomorrow? Oh, that's right. He's, oh, yeah, that's right. You're obligated to a wedding or some graduation. That's it. It was probably a smart move on your part when I heard the story about it. Yeah, probably a good idea. Um. Uh, so, anyway, that's that, that's tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock. Uh, Snoop will have a special uh, flex pregame at 1230 from the Alamo Dome and then the game itself at 1 o'clock. Is Rick just going to go get, like, some tidy whities bronze, like no. bronze drawers? See, now that's a good idea. He could do it that way. Yeah. That would be all right. So uh, I'm sure they're would... clean, though. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. One thing I'm glad in men's fashion that we've gotten away from over the years. Yeah. The tidy whities. I think I stopped wearing those when I was, like, nine. <laughs> I started wearing boxers when I was, like, ten years old, that's I think. Pretty, that's, that's about the right age for that stuff. Something like make, that. Make the move. All right. Uh, number two is the game tonight in Katy, which will be the second game that Snoop plans to attend tonight. Liberty Hill, P-N-G. Fort Natchez Groves playing at Legacy Stadium in uh, in Katy. Snoop, you're still planning to go oh, yeah. to the Wimberley Quero game, which is a 3 o'clock kick, and then make a 200-mile drive <laughs> over yes. from it, – it's a little less than 200 because it's in Katy, so it's on the west side. I'd say it's probably about 170, 175 from the Alamo Dome over to Katy to where you're still planning to be at both games, right? I will. Lord willing, okay. let me not yeah. test him, you know. <laughs> Should be a great matchup uh, with that. And, and, and by the way, as we were speaking of of uh, Rick Epstein and, and under the lights uh, last night, they also had Kent Walker on to talk about that matchup. And, and uh, it, it'll be – it's a fascinating matchup of how PNG uh, – you know, with the with the great defense they play, and of course Jeff Joseph, uh, former Westlake assistant, son of Gary Joseph, the KD head coach, and grandson of the legendary Eddie Joseph, uh, is has done a fabulous job with that Port Natchez Groves team, and they will uh, they'll have to be tasked like many have been with the op- with the uh, responsibility of trying to stop that Liberty Hill slot team. So looking forward to that matchup. Uh, I'm really looking forward to personally because I. I get a chance next week to call the 5A Division II state championship. And it would be really cool if, if, if Liberty Hill was in that game against the winner of the game that I'm calling tonight for television, which is Argyle and South Oak Cliff, which will be a heck of a game in Crowley. The number one matchup of the week has been probably the number one anticipated matchup all season long. You have two defending state champions. Rare that you get that. Rare that you get it in the Final Four. And you have Westlake at North Shore tomorrow afternoon at Rice Stadium at 3 o'clock. So much unstoppable force against a movable object on both sides of the ball. Westlake defense against Seth Davis and that incredible uh, ground attack for Katie. Uh, excuse me, uh, 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 not Seth Davis, for uh, David Amador, the quarterback for uh, North Shore and that great ground attack they also have. Uh, with uh, Rashad Johnson and DeAndre Hardeman. And then on the other side, you've got Jack Kaiser and that Westlake attack moving the football against the North Shore defense, which has been about as good as it has ever been uh, and well as advertised. So that's a great matchup tomorrow afternoon, 3 o'clock. You can watch that game on um, KBVO. So that's, that's tomorrow. So there it is, your Whataburger top five playoff matchups of the week so uh pretty impressive stuff there um are you guys still doing your um your uh, supreme lending pick'em? 
I think no, the season's done. over. Yes. Yeah. All right, so how done is done? How done were you guys? Not only did the horn come in last. Uh-oh, you're, gonna, you're, you're about to drop this on me. Here it comes. Yeah, we finished behind Bob Cole. Oh! As a show. I'm ashamed of myself. Yeah. I'm ashamed of myself. Well, you know what? I've let the listening audience down. Craig, I've let you down. I let the station down. Here's, here, here's what's happened. When you have a disappointing season, you go back into your off-season meetings, figure out what went wrong, and then you make adjustments to get better the next year. There's, there's, there's just no other way to do it. Uh, so that's unfortunate. Same can be said for the, for the team that I root for in the National Football League. Although they had a moment in the sun last night, but by and large, it has been a disastrous season for the defending Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, who will not be defending their Super Bowl title uh, because they're only 4-9, and nine, and that was after last night's miraculous comeback and the win over the Las Vegas Raiders. It was really weird in that Monday night you had the Monday night miracle with Tom Brady, Tampa Bay, down 16-3 to to New Orleans, four minutes to go. Brady engineers, two comeback, two scoring drives, and they score with seconds to go to win 17-16. Last night, in case you didn't hear about it, uh, Rams look just so inept on offense for the vast majority of the game. They're down 16-3 to with four minutes to go. Baker Mayfield, who had signed with him on Tuesday night, had been in the system less than 48 hours and had one full practice, 10 periods was the way Sean McVay described it, and he leads not one but two scoring drives, one that gets him downfield, Cam Akers scores. Then they get a stop. And they go 98 yards in a minute 45 with no timeouts left. There was one, there were two Raider penalties on the play. One was a pass interference that nullified an interception. It was definite. And the other was just a stupid play by the um, defensive lineman who knocked the ball out of Mayfield's hands after the play was over and he'd already been sacked. And he got up holding the ball, comes over and swats the ball out of his hands. 15-yard penalty. Um, but other than that, Mayfield hits him on Unbelievable throws. Ben Skaronic. Uh, how about Malcolm Brown back with the Rams yeah. and, and caught a big pass to get it down to the 20-yard line. And then what has continued to be discussed this morning, Jeff Howe, is why, why, how, how were the Raiders in man-to-man coverage, in man coverage with the ball at the 20-yard line with 15 seconds to go and the Rams having no timeouts. Josh McDaniel's going to get fired, isn't he? It, I, a loss like that hurts. <laughs> How do you how do you defend that? How do you defend that statement? So why you were in man coverage? Nobody goes in man coverage at that point in the game, right? No, not till you get inside the ten, maybe yeah. even inside the five. Yeah. So uh, and Van Jefferson wins the one on one matchup against a rookie, and all of a sudden, Snoop Daniel smiles because Baker Mayfield, the former Lake Travis quarterback. Adds another chapter to his legend. The floor is yours, Snoop. Gloat about Baker Mayfield for the next. I liked how uh, he could do what Tom Herman couldn't, and he could headbutt people, and people think it was a good thing. <laughs> yeah, he did that because he had already done the deed when he headbutted uh, Rochelle, the defensive back, in the helmet, and Baker didn't have a helmet. He'd already thrown the game-winning touchdown pass, as to, opposed to Tom Herman, who was doing it on the sidelines before kickoff you know against Baylor. You know what that Baylor. is? That's Snoop alienating half the listening audience by praising Baker Mayfield, then bringing that half back by a, with a Tom Herman insult. Okay, yeah. <laughs> well done, Snoop, whether it was intended or not.
So, I'm going to give you credit for that, Snoop. Thank you. Yeah, you, you, you get credit for that. All right, <laughs> we need a break. When we come back, uh, we're going to have our first Longhorn Notebook. And, uh, again, we're at Total Men's here on South Congress. It's just, if you're wondering, where on South Congress. South Congress is a long road. It's between Oldtorf and Ben White, closer to Oldtorf. In fact, I can pretty much see Oldtorf from us just down the street. So um, it, it would be north of St. Ed's and south of Oldtorf, if that pins it down for you there. There's an auto zone across the street. Absolutely. There's also a, a funeral home, too. There's that, I was too. going with the auto zone as the landmark, Craig, but if you want to use the funeral home, that's hey, The folks that's at cool Wheat too. Corley Fish would, would, would appreciate the shout-out there. So, anyway, so we're, we're, we're on uh, South Congress here at Total <laughs> Men's Primary Care, uh, and we hope you'll bring a new unwrapped toy for Toys for Tots. This is Light the Tower on the Horn, 104.9, 101.9, AN 1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Chad and Zay. Kendall Jenner has a birthday today. Ooh. And holiday season, all the sunnier by dropping off a new unwrapped toy here at the location of Total Bend's Primary Care. We're here on South Congress. Like I said, it's it's uh, just south of Old Torf, north of Ben White, and uh, we're kind of uh, conveniently... Uh, located between Old Torf and St. Ed's. You know, when I used to work at the place down the street here, we used to say that we were located between, what was the name of the gentleman's called? Expose? We used to tell people yeah. that, that we were we were located between Expose and St. Edward's, both <laughs> geographically and philosophically. <laughs> That's what we used to say uh, back, in, uh, back in the day. Um, so Snoop was bumping back with some Beatles music. I did make a uh, command decision, Jeff, uh, about this program that starting Monday through the holidays, we're bumping back with Christmas. All tunes, right. Okay. Cool. And I've got some good ones. I've got a whole library stuff. Uh, uh, and uh, some are classic. Some are different. So uh, we're going to power rank our favorite Christmas songs. Uh, we can do that. Okay. Uh, and, and, of course, I'm here next week, Monday and Tuesday, I'll head up to Arlington. I'll be out on Wednesday. I will do the show from Arlington on Thursday since I'm not working until Thursday night. So I'll be on Monday, Tuesday, Thursday uh, of next week. And uh, and we start breaking out the holiday tunes uh, coming up on there. So we, we will do that. Also, before we do Inconceivable coming up uh, after this next break, we'll have a World Cup update for you as well. But right now, it's time for a Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. It's a Longhorn Notebook brought to you by our good friend Aaron Bowersock, the home loan expert and your Longhorn lender. Check her out on the web at BowersockTeam.com. See if she can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that was to help get our home loan approval done with a snap, just like that. Uh, she is, after all, the person who can make that 10-day home loan approval guarantee. Check her out on the web at BowersockTeam.com. It's all one word. Just like it sounds, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, BowersockTeam.com. So let's get a, get some bowl cleanup and some uh, – yep. I want to get into this running back discussion to sure. kind of piggyback off of what Bucky and Aaron were talking about. Uh, but we talked yesterday, Craig, about – I think the big news, my, a lot of people, myself included, were waiting to see if Sark would drop would be if anybody's opting out of the bowl game, if anybody's told him yet. And I, he said he said those conversations are still ongoing. Uh, we've reported at Horns 24-7 that it's been trending. It's been heading in the direction like B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson won't play in the bowl game. Mm-hmm. Like we talked about yesterday, yep. I think for Roe it's a health thing. 
And yeah. he, he's got his focus now, I think, has to be on making sure he's healthy for the senior bowl. Agreed. That's a massive job interview. Absolutely. For him. So uh, there's a report from inside Texas that DeMarvin Overshone won't play in the bowl game. That would not surprise me because he's a senior bowl guy as well. Okay. So in that, again, we talk about the massive job interview. Nothing is official yet, but the two that we've reported at Hornets 24-7 that it's trending that way, I don't I think that would surprise anybody if those three guys didn't play in the bowl game. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And that's why I asked you that yesterday with regard to Roshan. And you made the best point about all of that because I said knowing him the way we know him, that if he was healthy, and that was the big if, yeah. if he was completely healthy, he would want to be in that game for himself, for his teammates, yeah. for his university. But the health thing is the big thing for him. And you brought up the biggest caveat of all. You really need to be healthy for that senior bowl, not because of the senior bowl game itself. It's all about the workouts. It's all about the, the interviews. interviews. All of that is yeah. vital to his future as a player in the NFL. So, yes, I totally would then, understand that. Then you'll have the combine yeah. and, and all of that stuff. Um, so, yeah, I wouldn't expect it to happen. You know, it, it's, it's interesting. Craig Sark has brought this up a couple times, and I agree with him. You know, if it was just up to the players – yeah. If it was just their decision, yeah. all these guys were playing the ball game. Yeah. But they've got futures to think about. Sure. And it's not just their decision. It's now with, with NIL and the way things are structured, you've got agents and you've got trainers and you've got your family and all these different people, uh, everybody trying to make what they feel is the best decision for you. And it, it's a lot to think about. So, um, again, nothing's official with those three guys. I would not expect to see them uh in the bowl game. Anything jump out to you? You said you did have a chance to go back and listen to the press conference. Anything jump out to you? It was kind of what you said as well. There wasn't uh, a lot of electric stuff. What I got and what was in the uh, was in the morning report this morning was that it was a big time we'll see yeah. about a lot of things. Yeah. About a lot of things. Not just Roshan and Bijan, but he said there are guys who have decisions to make. And, and I, I also got the impression Sark was still – wrapping his organizational head around everything, given the fact they had not been back on the practice field. He was doing home visits. The recruiting, the final drive toward signing day is going on. So that, that's a week from Monday, right? The 21st, correct? A week, a week from, uh, two weeks from yesterday. Two weeks from yesterday, yes. okay. All right, so with with that. No, two weeks from, I'm getting my days fixed up. Two weeks from this past Wednesday. Okay. So it was the 21st, yes. Okay, all right, yes. So so with that in mind, uh, there's – all of that is important about, um, you know, he had to, he has to put all those organizational elements in place before just necessarily looking at a specific guy, important though those two guys are, about whether they're going to be in the bowl game. And he said they'd had conversations, there mm-hmm. would be more conversations, and I'm sure today – it's going to be a big day about that. Yeah, you've also got portal conversations with guys yeah. that, that are coming up. You have guys that might be getting ready to graduate or guys that might realize, hey, if I want to play, if I want to exhaust my couple of years of el- remaining eligibility, it might have to be yep. somewhere else. That stuff is still ongoing. You know, you talk about Sark's travel. Somebody mentioned it, and I, you could kind of feel it yesterday. I'm like, man, Sark just looked a little tired. I'm like, well, yep. he had just come in from Arizona. Uh, I think Jacoby Lane and there's a couple other prospects out in Arizona doing in-homes with. And then he went pretty much, I think he had some footballs to sign or something. There was something that he and Kalen DeBoer had to do. Uh, and then he went, hopped the plane, and went to the greater Killeen area. I know he was at Copper's Cove yesterday. Yep. And he did Jaden Chapman's in-home last night. Yep. So it's he is busier than a one-armed paper hanger right yep. now when it comes to comes to traveling. Yeah, so there's a lot of that going on. All right. 
Uh, did you have another? I've, uh, no, I just uh, wanted to get your take on a press yeah. conference if you'd heard anything that yeah. jumped out to you. But I, I do want to get into this running back discussion yeah. because B. John sure. Robinson wins the Doak Walker Award. He's the fourth Longhorn to win it, joining Ricky Williams, Cedric Benson, and Deontay Foreman. He also uh, gives te- puts Texas in a tie with Wisconsin for the most individual winners and the most awards won because both of those schools have multiple winners. Ricky Williams won it twice yep. for Texas. Jonathan Taylor won it twice for Wisconsin. Uh, and when we look at Bijan Craig, you can look at the numbers. Uh, if he doesn't play in the Alamo Bowl, he's going to break Ricky Williams' school record for career yards per rushing attempt. He'll be at 6.3. Yep. Ricky's at 6.2 right now. He's fourth in career rushing yards. Uh, t- you know, total touchdowns, rushing touchdowns. He's in the top four or five in those statistical categories. Uh, top four in terms of yards for uh, top five in terms of yards for scrimmage. The conversation that I thought Bucky and Aaron—it's a great conversation anytime you have these. Where does he rank kind of in the, the pantheon of, of Texas running backs? Like, where would you rank him? And I guess it all depends on the individual and kind of what criteria you yep. want to use to rank guys. Like, I'll tell you what. I will put Deontay Foreman's 2016 season up against any season that any Texas running back has ever had. But I don't know that I would put Deontay Foreman in my top five of best Texas running backs all time. Yeah, and then that makes sense. Like you said, a lot of that comes down to the delineation of what you're outlining as the criteria, uh, and and uh, and different kinds of backs in different styles of offenses. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. it's important to to keep that in mind. Um, you know, I mean, you go back to to Earl Campbell, and the Longhorns had gone from wishbone to the eye, and and he was leading leading the charge there, going out of the eye. When you think of Eric Metcalf. It was more multiple-based in what they were doing and how they could utilize him out of the backfield, getting him the football in his hands in space, that sort of thing. Plus, his danger as a, as a kick returner, punt returner, uh, can, cannot be undervalued. Uh, you mentioned uh, Ricky Williams, you know, it, it, tremendous what he did and how he could get you. You know, Greg Davis used to talk about what he and Cedric Benson could do if you needed three you get your three. Sometimes you might not get more than three, or you might get 53, yeah. especially in the case of Ricky. But Cedric could almost always find a way to get you the three or the four that you needed to do it. I, I saw Deontay Foreman in a similar type thing and being the heavy-duty workhorse that he was. Yeah. And Bijan could be that at times, but the way the offense was structured was not to make him the workhorse so as to risk further injury because he had injuries uh, during his career as well. So I think it's – it's different criteria that you're judging on when you're talking about best running backs. They yeah. were all great. It would it would be easy just to look at the top five leading rushers in school history and just say Ricky Williams, Cedric Benson, Earl Campbell, Bijan Robinson, Jamal Charles. Those are the top five in terms of rushing yards. I just put that in any order, and, and you'll probably right. be right. And I don't know that anybody would argue with that. But you think about of the wishbone running backs, Chris Gilbert probably the best of the of the wishbone running backs. First to uh, rush for a thousand yards in three seasons of college football in the day when freshmen weren't eligible. Right. You've also got, I mean, Hodges Mitchell put together a really yep. good career. Do you rank Hodges in there somewhere? My late father went to the grave saying Roosevelt Leaks was the best running back Texas ever had. And and I had a chance of once upon a time to talk to Earl Campbell about Roosevelt Leaks and, and the kind of impact he had on him and he had on Texas. Uh, so Roosevelt Leaks is a guy you would put in there. So You know, you know Jeff, if you had modern – medicine and ways to scope knees yeah what rosie could have done what roosevelt leaks could have done with moderns instead of major knee surgery yeah it's it's amazing thing what he could have done you talk to keith moreland about keith moreland roomed with him when keith moreland was playing in the secondary 
his first couple of years before he went to complete baseball. Keith will tell you what a special guy uh, Roosevelt Leaks was, and Keith was on the field that day when he saw Rosie go for 342 against SMU. <laughs> so, you know, that's he's, he's another great back worth, worth uh, measuring. And even, even in their own ways, and I'm not putting them in any kind of list, but in their own ways, uh, you had Jam Jones and Ham Jones that helped mm-hmm. out. There were different guys that were that were a part of this that that made a difference. Uh, you mentioned Hodges Mitchell that that contributed to offensive systems, and they were different systems. They all differed over the time. If it was if it was my list, if I'm if you're asking me who do I where would I rank Bijan? Yeah, I would definitely put him behind Ricky and Earl. I would have Ricky one, Earl two. Gosh, and then he and Cedric Benson are such different runners, but great in their own way. Yep. I, I would I would probably put Cedric Benson slightly ahead of Bijan. And then five, uh, you know, give me between Chris Gilbert, Jamal Charles, Roosevelt Leaks. Those are kind of the three for me right there. Right. Ask me on a different day, I might have a different number five. Sure, sure. But yeah. I think those four for sure – Ricky Earl, the late Cedric Benson, and Bijan Robinson. To me, I, th- I think those are your top four running backs in Texas history. Yeah, it's a great thing to be able to have that kind of conversation because of all the great running backs. Um, I was going to throw in basketball note. We had uh, Longhorn Weekly with Chris Beard last night uh, out at Pluckers. And uh, we're now, Jeff, into the portion of the season where we start having players on. Mm-hmm. And last night we had Alex Anamekwe and <laughs> – we had Rowan Brumball. Did you keep Snoop away from Alex Anamekwe last night? If Snoop had shown up, you know, it would be. <laughs> Alex is, a, is uh, you know, Alex is a great kid. Uh, it, uh, Chris Beard said, one thing I got to get him to do is open up because he's a, like, soft-spoken, incredibly intelligent young man. His parents had moved from Nigeria uh, in the late 70s, and, uh, he's, uh, and he's got a good sense of humor about him as well. And then Brumball is a guy that's just inquisitive. Uh, and he's got, <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that. He's the man of a thousand questions. I, I was talk, I, at Big 12 Media Day. I was talking to all the guys about the freshmen and Brock Cunningham and Tyrese Hunter. They say, those freshmen, they ask questions. They say, they both said, Rowan asks a lot of questions. He does. And Tyrese said it to the point where he's like, I had to tell Rowan, like, Rowan, bro, chill. Like, it's, it's okay. We'll, we'll get it figured out. They, they describe it, Beard describes it as a, as is one of the most curious people. In other words, Rowan's one of the most curious. He's curious about everything. Yeah. And yet, here's a guy who grew up in Washington, D.C. So we were kind of doing some uh, rapid fires at your favorite monument, National Monument, D.C. And he goes, I guess Washington Monument. I said, you been up in it? No. <laughs> said he hadn't been in any of them. He goes, when you live in the city, you don't do those things. See, it's kind of like I've talked about this living in Texas. Like, there's stuff we don't see in the state, like yeah. uh, San Jacinto Monument. I hadn't been over there, I think it was like 2011, was, yeah. and I've lived here my whole life. That was the first time I went over there. It was a couple of years ago, probably about eight, year, eight nine years ago now. I hadn't been to the, to the Kennedy Museum See, I haven't been. I haven't been to the – and you, and you lived in the and Metroplex. And I lived there for 18 years. I, and they had an older museum that I went to before they allowed people to go in the school book depository. Yeah. By the time they did allow people to go into the Texas school book depository, I'd already moved down here. So I haven't been yet, but I still, I still want to go. Uh, to that, I've been to the San Jacinto Monument. Yeah, I've been there. Um, I've never been inside the state capitol. Seriously, never, never been. My, my kids have on field trips. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I've never been. So maybe someday. All right. Uh, coming up next, uh, we have inconceivable. 
It's Friday, Snoop. What does Friday mean with inconceivable? Flaccid. Yeah. Means we go over to the most flaccid state in the lower 48. Grab that low-hanging fruit from Florida. Got a couple of Florida man stories for you and a couple other items as well. We're at Total Men's Primary Care. The Toys for Tots drive going on 75 years of, of doing Toys for Tots to drive, and that's a, that's a great thing. We hope you'll participate. Many of you did yesterday in Georgetown. We thank you for that. For those of you who couldn't make it up there yesterday, please come on by if you can. Bring a new unwrapped toy for a youngster from newborn all the way up to 12 years of age. We're on the South Congress location of Total Men's. That is between uh, Old Torp and Ben White, uh, just north of the St. Ed's campus. So we hope you can come on by and do that. This is Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049, 1019, AM 1260. We're live local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Hi, I'm Brad with Homes by. Inconceivable. 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 Can you say that for I don't think it means what you think it means. Well, inconceivable on a Friday. We know what that means, but we'll get to that soon enough. We've got some other stories to get to. First of all, it's been well established on this program that Snoop Daniel is not a fan of roller coasters. Uh, Correct. And and, and 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 you're not really a fan of heights. Right. Oh, no. That's that's probably the root of it. Yeah, you you, you get a little bit agoraphobic, don't you? Uh, 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 acrophobic. Uh, acrophobic. Snoop, you sh- should have done what I did in New York and go to the uh, the 86th floor of the Empire State Building oh. on the observation deck out there. Yeah, I that's would, fun. I would probably faint. I know this sounds weak, but my, <laughs> my four-year-old loved it. Mm. Charlotte's um, much stronger than me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how are you? Well, she, she can swim and you can't. So. I know. Yeah. I'll give her that. Yeah. Uh, Snoop, how does it go for you with uh, speed, high speed? You like high speed? I don't. It's not bad. I I, okay. I don't mind it as much as I do, do mind heights. That's what I'm trying would to you say. Would you get on a train that travels 180 miles per hour? Maybe. Okay. All right. Because the, the world's fastest train, it's been announced, is, is uh, running in China, um, and uh, it runs at speeds of 290 uh, kilometers. So it's 180 miles per hour. But it, it, it really helps out because they travel. Uh, distances of 700 miles, so it helps cut down the difference there. So that's that's one of the stupendous things, uh, one of those superlatives. All right, I'm going to give you another superlative here. Um, Snoop, uh, are, are you guys, I know you're not, Jeff, about how familiar you are with a lot of the Star Wars terminology, right? Yeah. Yeah, right. All right. Might as well be nuclear physics. Oh, okay. Uh, so if I said to you the planet Mustafar, that would not mean anything to you. Again, you might as well be talking about nuclear physics. Okay. All right. The Mustafar planet is the one that's like molten hot. Well, now NASA says they're naming one. They're not naming it the Mustafar one, but they they call it a hell planet. That I said it's just like it. Uh, That it goes by several names. It's it's about 40 light years away from the Earth. A hell planet sounds pretty pretty stern. stern. Well, here's why. The planet is hot enough that it's been compared to the Star Wars lava world of Mustafar, site of the big, you know, uh, ta- uh, battle between Anakin Skywalker and Obi-Wan Kenobi in Revenge of the Sith, and where Darth Vader later establishes his castle, Fortress uh, Vader. The reason why... Is that like the lava pits in the Snooper, uh, Super Mario games? Uh, yes, Something very like much that. so. Kind of, uh, but without the, yeah. the, the four... Oh, gosh, I can't even describe what it is. The things of fire that come out the brick wall. 
and rotate. Oh, yeah, the little full, uh, yeah, 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 the little circle thingy. Yeah, yeah, yeah the yeah. little fireball things. Uh, the, the reason why this is so hot is because it orbits its host star, Copernicus, so closely that this sizzling world completes one orbit. It's like, you know, when we, it takes 365 days for the Earth to orbit the sun, so that's one year. One year on this planet is 17 and a half hours. You age a year in 17 and a half hours. Now, you probably live to be 450 years old at, uh, at that rate, uh, but it is very, very hot there. So just, you know, the hell planet, as it's called there. Okay, um, speaking of aging, uh, I heard Aaron talk about this too this morning. In South Korea, the redefining people's ages. Uh, and, and What? Yeah, they're redefining it. And most of the residents over there are going to like this because it means they're actually going to be a year or two younger than they were. You see, at present, it's common for South Koreans to have not just one age, but three. An international age, a Korean age, what? What? and a calendar age. All right, allow me to explain. Okay. All right. Um, in South Korea, a person's international age refers to the number of years since they were born, starting at zero, which is the same system used here in pretty much every other country. But would ask their name in informal settings, they'll answer with their Korean age, which could be one or even two years older than their international age. You see, under this system, babies are considered a year old on the day they're born. And then a year is added every January 1st. In some instances, South Koreans also use their calendar age, which is kind of a mashup between the international and the Korean age, which considers babies as zero years the day they're born, but then they add age to the year every January 1st. So toward that end, Snoop, 